0: Empire. Yeah, back to Hachimura. Ooh! Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To
1: sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a s*** in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up is mine. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah!
0: This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at BeltwayBroPod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vazana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, Noel, how are you? How was your weekend?
1: Doing well. Action-packed weekend of positivity and sports and... So on and so forth. It was nice. It was nice. Well, Sunday was a pretty packed day for
0: TV, for me anyway. But I don't know about other... It
1: p- really was. It really was. I mean, it was... Uh, you had, I don't know, bastardized version of Pro Bowl stuff. You had your Royal Rumble, which I have not seen yet. And then yeah. uh, and we had The Wiz...
0: What a game. Liz. What a we'll game get to man. that. But yeah, it's Royal Rumble's great. I'm I'm sorry you didn't see it. Spoiler alert. You have my WWE network password. I don't understand why you don't use it. Are it, we allowed
1: to talk about that or I think so. It's moving to Peacock anyway. True, true. So we can we can be corrupt as long as we want up until it moves over. I'll check it out. I'll check it out.
0: It was it was quite good. Some good surprises. I'm not going to ruin it for you, Noel. Um, I asked you to watch the, the Royal Rumble for probably three months last year. I don't even know if you actually did watch it yet, so I'm not sure. But. I
1: can't. I cannot recall. I cannot uh, recall if I did. But I'll probably watch this Royal Rumble like right before the next one comes out.
0: No, there you go. You're always a year behind. <laughs>
1: there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I binge watch Royal Rumbles.
0: <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was good and there was some some returns unexpected guys and you know nice happy ending for the men's Royal Rumble anyway but uh all right well first thing I wanted to throw out a big congratulations is in order to uh Riverboat Ron for quote kicking cancer's ass as he put up um in case you didn't know Rivera was deemed officially cancer-free so that's great to hear
1: that's awesome yeah you know good for him and his family I I mean I I know I'm giving him a hard time and all that but This is real life. I mean, football is not real life regardless of how much we get passionate about it. And hopefully this is the last of it and he can put it in his rearview mirror and then focus on family and focus on football and live a simple life.
0: Yeah, it's good for him and uh, good for us and that he'll be continuing the journey with the Washington football team or whatever we'll be called in the future here. But second thing I want to talk about, that uh, insane Wiz Nets game on Sunday. I know you watched it. We talked about it a little bit. You know, Westbrook looked pretty good. Pretty good.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know, hey, hey, he did. He looked good in the previous game against Atlanta as well before before he got booted for ridiculousness. He should have never gotten kicked out of that game. He started driving to the basket. He's showing speed. Where it's coming from in a matter of two days, I have no idea. Good for him. I hope it continues on. He was driving. He was being aggressive, strong at the basket. And when that happens, everybody plays better. When the point guard is playing well,
0: everybody eats. Absolutely. And if you didn't see it, the Wiz won 149 to 146 in regulation. It wasn't even overtime or double overtime. Crazy score. But the craziest part was the Wiz were down by five with seven seconds left. The Wiz scored six points in 3.8 seconds. I jumped off my chair when when that happened. I think I woke up my (laughs)
1: four-year-old. That was like the Reggie Miller stealing it and getting it back up against the Knicks. I want to give a little stat here just okay. to put things in perspective real quick. In the last 25 years, when a team has been down by five or more with 10 seconds remaining, the record is nine wins, 23,498. I saw that. That's, and it's actually happened twice this year. It happened on Saturday. Yeah. It happened on Saturday in, the, I think, the Chicago-Portland game. Yeah. And then it just happened, obviously, in the Nets whiz. So it's crazy, man. That's a stat.
0: That's mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the inbound steal by Garrison Matthews, who I'm I'm becoming more and more of a big fan of. The only one who seems to work his ass off on the defensive end. He stole the inbound pass, pass to Westbrook, hits a three, and then they had to play defense, which was horrifying to watch. Did you see when they were setting that play up? I was like, what are they doing? What was Bonga doing in the middle there?
1: I don't know. The guy was on the bench the entire time. They brought him in specifically for a defensive set, and whatever set they had, and then Hachimura off. was under yeah. the basket just floating around. Well, did you see what? Kyrie Irving? I mean, he moved like 3 feet towards the mm-hmm. basket on the set lo- on the outside. That should have been a travel right off the bat. And what was scarier even before that, Matt, was when Westbrook made a phenomenal play on the steal. And then luckily it hit the line and didn't go back in bounce because that was going to bounce right to Durant, like for a lane. Luckily it hit his own foot. <laughs> right. Because if his foot wasn't there, it could have been really bad. But, <laughs> but what a game, man. Mo Wagner played his ass off. We have been adamant that he should be playing more. They keep bringing in these guys, and not knocking Len or anything else, but Brooks consistently, or whomever is making these decisions to bring in more centers, especially after the Bryan injury, is showing that they have absolutely no faith in Wagner. He goes in there, he busts it. The game totally changed, and one of the reasons why, and we talked about this during the game, Matt, was... He opens up the lane, he's active, he's not some lumbering big dude that just stands in the lane and waits for a rebound or whatever he does. He moves around, he sets screens, and he was really opening up things in the middle for Westbrook and Beal to drive to the basket.
0: And he just hustles his ass off, and that's what you need. I mean, if you're not going to be a primary scorer, you need to have guys that are going to just fight for loose balls, take charges, you know, do the little things. And there's not enough guys in this team that do that. And he's one of them. So if nothing else, he brings up the intensity of the team in general. Same with uh,
1: Matthews as well. He's kind of the same player. Right. There's just a passion there that they have. They get under people's skin, especially Wagner. You need those guys. You need those type of guys that are going to get under a guy's skin, that is going to do the little things. And there's not enough of those players, if at all, on this team that do that. And for me, you don't have to have the stereotypical center big man that's just going to go out there and set screens and picks. This guy does it all. You know, there are situations where DeAndre Jordan's a big guy that – um. It's okay to bring in Robin Lopez or Len in order to defend him for a period of time or get fouls or whatever they need to do. But when they're getting active and they're smaller, there is absolutely no reason why Wagner shouldn't be on the court at all.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, my only concern with that is that they may just match up well with the Nets because two of their four wins have come against Brooklyn. So similar how like Washington, for whatever reason, can't beat Orlando with the problems they have with them. On top of that, James Harden wasn't there, but I don't know what would have happened if he was playing, but that should be mentioned at the very
1: least. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty big missing piece there, uh, regardless if they're still getting their shit together with the Nets or not, and they haven't played together much with head case Irving, Harden just getting there, Durant. But hey, they still put up a ton of points, and they came back, they fought in the game. It was the best game they played all year, regardless of the matchup that they had. By far, obviously, a blind man could see it. It was by far the best game Westbrook had played. He played with speed. He played with passion. I've never questioned the guy's ability. He was a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. You average a triple-double in a season, you're pretty damn good. And then you Uh, do it three times,
0: you're pretty good, too. Yeah,
1: no, obviously. You win an MVP award the whole deal. Can you keep it going? Was this just one of those type of things where you, it was a fuck you to Kevin Durant? Because these guys do do that. I mean, we've seen situations where even bench guys or like when Bertans played against San Antonio, mm-hmm. he went lights out. I mean, guys do step up to the occasion in situations where they're playing old teammates or old enemies.
0: No, but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that. I'm sure he had extra motivation, but I think it was just nice that he could actually drive to the basket before he could yep. barely move and right. he was settling for those shitty mid-range shots or three-pointers he was missing. And look, he, he shot really well from three-point range and all that. I don't expect that to continue. That's
1: fool's gold, that right. part. I'm not I'm not even worried about it. If he doesn't hit another three the entire season, I really don't give a shit. Right. It's the fight into the basket, being strong at the basket, drawing fouls. That's what they brought him in for. They got plenty of three-point shooters on this team. They don't need him to bomb threes.
0: Exactly. So that's what was positive for me, was that he showed the speed, he showed the power, and the ability to finish on top of that because he was not showing that earlier in the season at right. all. And that's what I kept saying. The guy's got to be injured. There's no other explanation for it. Maybe his health is taking a turn for the better. Well, let's hope so.
1: It's one of those things where there has to be something or a mental injury that's been triggered that he said, fuck this. It could be a compilation of things that we're talking about here. I think that the way they were playing offensively it was more widespread. He was more ball dominant. Beal was playing more of a shooting guard's role. Mm-hmm. when they were on the floor together. And Westbrook was facilitating the ball. And another thing that Westbrook was doing, having nothing to do with his speed, he wasn't making bonehead passes.
0: Yeah, he only turned the ball over three times, which is exactly. the amount that he which had the ball Exactly, which is an amazement yeah. for him.
1: I mean, he was on the verge of quadruple doubles with turnovers in some of these games. Yeah. So with that being said, I think Bertans, you said before, needs to get his head out of his ass, obviously. But I think... In defense of Bertans, he is at least attempting to do small things while his shot comes back. He's been in a bad situation being in Latvia. I think he's been in the worst situation as far as this COVID thing and being out of shape. Everybody talks about everybody's been off and this and that. Sitting over there getting fat and lazy in Latvia and coming back. I think he's finally starting getting his footing. If Westbrook plays the way that he is, where he's driving and dishing, kicking out, things like that, it is going to open up Berton's shot. You could see it in the Nets game. He just wasn't hitting them.
0: Yeah, and he's got to pull a Gilbert and be in the gym at 3 a.m. You know, until that shot gets down because I'm not going to say he single-handedly has lost games for them. But if he just would have hit, you know, half of what he did last year, they would have won a couple more games because he's gone like 0 for 7, 0 for 8. He was 3 for 12 in this game, and he he hit that big buzzer shot and everything. But that was like, I'm not going to yeah. say it was dumb luck, but it's kind of lucky.
1: No, I, I mean, if it came from anybody else, I would have said yeah. it was dumb luck. He can hit those shots. Yeah. It's just this year he can't hit those shots. Right. But I think a lot of it is him forcing the issue. He hasn't been open from 3. He's just been shooting over guys coming off of screens, not even looking at the basket and gutting it. And yes, last year he hit plenty of those. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of his shots have been much more forced this year. And in this last game, unfortunately, he was so open on some of these. He could have blown the doors off of this game. And we wouldn't have been talking about the Garrison Matthews steal and the three at the last second. So if he can just be serviceable, he doesn't have to shoot from the logo and make threes. But if he can just hit his threes and go 50%, 40%, do what he does on open threes. This team is a serious offensive threat, obviously, because even with his three, he still showed an impact.
0: Oh, yeah. He was playing really well defensively. He was was being scrappy as well. Some big rebounds down the stretch, but he's got to hit those threes.
1: Absolutely, and I think it will come. I really do. I really believe that. Shit, if Westbrook can turn it around (laughs) the way he was looking, anybody can. And one last shout-out, though. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Ish. Oh, yeah. I mean, damn, man. Plus 24. That plus was, minus. That was old school, like, mid-season when everybody was injured-ish.
0: Yeah, he came he out just like crossing gangbusters. He people
1: up. He came out. That mid-ranger was on. He was just such an impact off the bench. And, went, and when they came out and shit the bed right off the bat in that game, and he cleared out everybody on the starting lineup except for Beal. He single-handedly brought him back. He single-handedly brought them back in the game. Completely changed the dynamic. Him and Wagner were the MVPs of that game. Westbrook did Westbrook, yes, and showed what he can be if he is healthy, head out of his ass, etc. But Ish and Wagner don't expect it every game, but they were the catalyst for that comeback in the game and staying in it.
0: Yeah. Well, hustle travels, you know, and Absolutely, uh, man. if they keep those guys that actually do that, they'll be better off. But all right, well, let's move on to an interesting interview with former Redskins coach Jay Gruden. He was asked about Kyle Smith, who was just named atlanta's vp of player personnel by the way casey didn't know good for him yeah i guess
1: he must have listened to our top five and gotten scared he's like man i gotta find something quick (laughs) i can't do this (laughs) i'm
0: not working at aldi there's no way yeah (laughs) gruden said quote every year that i was there we had a pretty good draft class with a couple of exceptions Smith was really good about listening to the coaches because the coaches also did evaluations. When it came our time to pick, we'd always talk about the picks, where we'd like to go, what happens if the player's gone, and did all our scenarios. And then, Snyder would come in off his yacht and make the pick. End quote. One thing I wanted to add as well, to add insult to injury, Mike Shanahan threw his two cents in and said that anyone who would let Smith go out of the building are, quote, idiots.
1: So He's talking about Kyle Smith, not
0: Alex Smith, right? Uh, I w- I would think so. I would think <laughs> yeah. so. But I-, I wanted to mention a couple of things that that I found kinda interesting here. So first, we were all under the impression that Bruce Allen was was running the drafts, right? On the surface, that's what we were what we were hearing. And obviously, according to Gruden, that wasn't really the case. I mean, it, it sounds like the only time that Bruce would come in was basically to do Snyder's bidding on shitty draft picks like Haskins and your boy Darius Geis, Ryan's boy, even more so, but
1: Oh, poor Geis oh, poor- <laughs> he got off of the federal charges.
0: Good for him. Yeah the state's still there?
1: Still got another four or five charges to fight through, but
0: <laughs> he's, he's getting there. But there was always talk about how the coaching staff and the front office were never in sync, about drafting players who didn't fit their scheme, things like that. And I guess that really wasn't the case unless Snyder kind of flew in. And then again, Bruce doing his bidding. So if you notice that when I mentioned the Shanahan thing, anytime Shanahan has mentioned anybody, he's given his endorsement or stamp of approval, whatever, they've actually turned out to be great. Which is McVeigh, LaFleur, even, you know, his son, he's pretty good too. So he doesn't just put his stamp on anyone and, and I don't see this being a difference with Kyle Smith, but the fact that he put that stamp on and saying don't let him out the building, he's been right with the last three.
1: Well, so this one's on Ron then.
0: Absolutely. I'm not blaming okay, I'm not blaming Snyder on this one. Okay, he good. said he said All they're right. idiots. Whoever lets him go is an idiot and, and this is on Ron.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've talked about Kyle Smith's resume before and that he is a deep draft guy, which is enormous these days. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys can draft first, second round, but when you get to the nitty gritty and you're in the office till 3 a.m. looking at film, those are the guys, the bookworms, and the unglorious jobs that you need. Even the way Ron runs a game, it's off the cuff or with his heart, not his mind, very, a lot of times. Very
0: little detail involved. Yeah, yeah. He's,
1: not a, he's not the most studious guy in the world. And I don't, maybe Mayhew is. I Mm -hmm. I don't know, but we know Herney isn't. (laughs) Yeah. So you need to have the geek in the room, and they've lost the geek. Shanahan, I have my criticisms of him, but he knows his shit. I mean, he knows a hell of a lot more than we do. Mm -hmm. But I have a little stat for you, though, with this Gruden thing. Okay. Okay. And Gruden needs to worry about Jacksonville and that shitty-ass team down there. Okay, and move on. Now, he was asked questions about probably about Kyle Smith, and then it kind of— Moved from there into his... I think I've been away long enough to say something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's time. But let me give you a little bit of information. I'm going back to the stats here again. Okay. Now, just to ask you a question first, Matt. Yeah. Now, if Snyder comes in off of his yacht and he calls to the war room, how deep into the draft would you say a layman would go as far as putting his stamp down on a guy? I'd venture to say maybe the guy kicked in the door maybe on the first pick, right? Maybe yeah. the second. He's not kicking the door in on freaking a fifth rounder. Yeah. Right? No, so, I, absolutely. That being said, let's look at their first round pick since uh, since Snyder has been destroying things on their first round picks. Kay. Kyle Smith came to the organization in 2011. Here's their first round pick since he's been there, and Snyder has been fucking everybody's shit up. Well, before you start, Kyle Smith was not the VP of player personnel. What I'm saying is, is that Gruden came in in 2014. They didn't have a first round pick, but let's just go over Kyle Smith's tenure is what I'm saying. Okay. Because I'm sure Snyder didn't wait until Kyle Smith came in to start fucking shit up. No, absolutely. Right. All right. So let's even go back to 2010, 2010, Trent Williams. Okay. Let's say he made the pick. Pretty good. That was a Mike Shanahan pick. Okay. Hey, I'm just saying, Snyder kicking doors in, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have it both ways. He either did or he didn't. Trent Williams, 2010. Ryan Kerrigan, 2011. Robert Griffin III, 2012. That was him. Okay. That was him. But again, second best player in the draft. Okay, we can look at hindsight all day long. They gave up two first-round picks. They got screwed in the deal. And also, Shanahan played a part in that, him getting his career fucked up. Would we agree with that? Yeah. Okay, moving on. 2013-2014 did not have a pick. 2015, Sheriff, done pretty good. 2016, Josh Doxson. Now, that's McDrunkey's pick. That ain't Snyder coming in and kicking the door. Hey, we need this guy from TCU receiver. Take him now. That's a McDrunkey pick. And we all know who McDrunky is. And so is Sheriff, too, though. Okay, fine. And we'll even give that one to Snyder. That's one down. 2017, Jonathan Allen. Pretty good. 2018. Deron Payne. Deron Payne. Let's keep going. 2019, the Haskins pick. So far, we've got two out of the decade that maybe we are suspect. Doxson and Haskins. And then we've got the sweat pick. And then this year, Chase Young, which we can't count because Ron Rivera's the man. So two out of ten picks going south. That's pretty damn good if he's the one going into the room off of his lavish yacht. Has
0: an IMAX theater in it, if you didn't know. And an
1: IMAX theater. (laughs) Maybe he Zoomed from the IMAX theater and said, you're taking this guy.
0: The only floating IMAX theater in the world.
1: If, which I don't believe, if he is the one that went into the room and put his fist down and said, this is who we're taking. If he did, all credit to Snyder. But I don't believe that he did. That's my point.
0: I don't think that what Gruden was saying was that he did that. I mean, obviously he didn't do that every time. Like, And you can take the Trent Williams situation. That was Shanahan. He said
1: all the time.
0: All right. Well, the first years that these guys were there, like uh, Shanahan, Trent Williams, right? And then the power starts to slip as the years progress. And then when Bruce Allen took back over, whatever, he was obviously in cahoots with him. And then you had McDrunkey, as you mentioned. First year, all him. Dotson, from all accounts, that was his pick too, though. Uh, was Dotson and I gave no, no, you not the two not of, Snyder, yeah. not Snyder's okay. pick. Okay, yeah, the ones that really stick out recently are Haskins. They didn't and Geis. have a
1: second round pick in that; they moved up to get Sweat.
0: No, that was the year before. Geis was picked, but the year before Haskins. And then remember, Bruce Allen was saying, "Oh, we got the best running back in the draft," and he was saying he should have been a first round pick. He was the whole thing. So,
1: hey, look, we can sit here and nickel and dime every pick. The fact is, I think we're both in agreement that if Snyder was going to be involved, it would be involved with the big names and the first-round pick. He ain't worrying about what happens in the seventh round. He's not worrying about what happens with Mr. Irrelevant. No. We're talking about first, potentially second high, second picks. Yeah. Okay? I, mean- I went over the last decade, and those players have been pro bowlers, all pros, etc., except for two out of them. So, what are you talking about, Gruden, is my point. Now, maybe they didn't get his guy like the Trey Quinns of the world. He had to fight for that one in the seventh round. Who gives a shit? (laughs) So go to Jacksonville. Worry about your damn job down there because you have another year like you did this year. You're gone from there, too. You can go back to the fucking Arena League, buddy.
0: (laughs) Well... Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely taken out of context, and I don't think Snyder was not worried about the the lower level drafts, but I'm sure it's a pain in the ass knowing that these guys put all this time and effort into it and are 100 percent what they want to do and have this plan laid out. If this person gets picked here, this is what we do, and then he rolls in and says pick Haskins, and they're all like, "What the fuck?" Seriously,
1: that throws. I agree. Some that's all. gotta be that's gotta be a cloud. I agree, but don't be a woman, Gruden, and and generalize. I'm giving you a breakdown of 10 years. If you're still raw and you're still pissed off about the Haskins situation and Kyle Smith is and they're going to puke in the war room and all that shit that they were talking about. I almost threw up in my mouth all that crap. Then stick to that. Don't generalize. This guy paid you a guaranteed contract of five years, 20 million when you came in and you were a freaking offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. You made your money. Yes, you may have had an overbearing owner, but I'm looking at the numbers here, and most of the time, you guys got a quality player, regardless of who's who you wanted or not. So, my take on it is. It's sour grapes with Gruden. Oh, yeah. He got a raw deal with the Haskins situation. So specify, don't tornado me with this crap. Like when you're arguing with your wife or whatever, you're talking about a particular topic and you're like, all of a sudden it goes off to something that happened 10 years ago. <laughs> you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Don't stick me in this whirlwind and all of a sudden just generalize on Snyder. Again, I hate to defend the dude. It seems like mm. I do it all the time. But I'm just giving numbers here, man. That's all I can do. Well, to
0: end this portion of it, you can also talk about and I haven't in all honesty haven't done research on this, but the guys that they've missed out on. Yeah, they may have drafted a good guy, a pro bowler, but maybe they missed out on all pros because Snyder came in and said, I want Alabama guys or, or whatever it is. You know, I we don't know the whole story. So yes, he's generalizing it and I guess he should be more specific if he's going to go in and start trashing the guy and Just give an overarching coming off his yacht and fucking our shit up, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and that's my only point on it. That's why I gave the breakdown of exactly what's happened in Gruden's tenure. And he's a bad coach. (laughs) How about you fess up to that? You were never a good coach. So there you have it.
0: Right. All right. It's almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score, but you don't have to wait until February to start winning. With Boxes, you can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play, and you can win big. Washington football fans who download the app from the App Store or go to Boxes.com, that's B-O-X-I-Z.com, and use our code, BROS20, to get free bonus boxes where you can win cash and prizes. We'll have new games every week and incredible prizes in the playoffs. And for the big game, that will include tickets to next year when fans can finally return in 2021. So go to Boxes.com for more info or download the app now. B-O-X-I-Z. Use the code BROS20 when you sign up and when you enter our contest. It's free for you and your friends to get in and win. Boxes. It's anyone's game. So, um, finally, there was a massive trade over the weekend. And unfortunately, no, it did not include our Washington football team.
1: Maybe Snyder should have gotten involved in that one, no? <laughs> Seven first-round picks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Matt's not, uh, Matt Snyder. Matt Stafford was traded to the Rams in exchange for Jared Goff. First-round picks in 2022 and 2023, and a 2021 third-round pick. Detroit will be taking on the remainder of Jared Goff's contract, which is four years, $106.6 million. It's worth every penny, that guy. (laughs) Can release him after next year because the rest of of his contract won't be guaranteed, which that pisses me off right there, by the way. I'll get into that. But with that being said, Washington was a finalist in getting Stafford and, and sources say that they offered up this year's 19th overall pick and third round pick. Not sure which one. But in order to get out from under Goff's contract, the Rams offered an additional first, which would put them over the top. Also of note, I know this isn't Stafford, but, you know, quarterback trading rumors. It's also reported that the going rate for Deshaun Watson is two firsts, two seconds, and two, quote, young defensive starters. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah okay what and throwing a girl too, <laughs> to, to, just yeah. for kicks
0: yeah 28 virgins
1: yeah yeah right who the fuck do they think they are what's what constitutes a young defensive star like, so who would they want off of washington for example if, if washington decided to s- humor them so you said two first round picks two
0: first round picks two two seconds. first round
1: picks two seconds and who would be the two young stars would they give up uh sweat and young sweat and young yeah there, there you go, go. done <laughs> line oh, oh and by the
0: way still two first round picks and two seconds while we're out yeah at yeah it. yeah yeah go fuck you think yourself. that
1: they would negotiate down to uh just young or no no no, no we, we said we two. said two <laughs>
0: <laughs> with all that being said I mean I think whiffing on Stafford was a tough pill to swallow because that would have been really nice but what the hell should this team do going forward from the quarterback situation
1: well, we said when we talked about the Stafford trade, and, and you were right on with what the offer should be a first and a third. We agreed on that, and that's what they offered. And I think that is enough. You must listen to the show. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I fast forward through your parts a lot. So luckily, I happen to hit on that one. Well, good. I'm glad. Yeah. It must have been the 15 seconds. Yeah, the 15 second, 30 second variable. <laughs> so, hey. You can't give up the farm, man. No. And the Rams were trying to get out from under the golf situation, and that's why they had to give up that extra first, like you said. So enjoy. Where do they go from here? Deshaun Watson is out. There ain't no way in God's green earth. Mm -hmm. The only person on defense that I would give up that should be negotiated in would be Landon Collins. And he's not a young defensive star, so I don't know what they want. He
0: is technically. I think he's only 26, 27, so he's still kind of young. He's overpaid for what he does, but hey, take him. He's all yours. He
1: plays like Westbrook in the first 13 (laughs) games to speed and like, what the hell? Has this guy ever played football before? But nobody's going to take that deal on, and I don't think that's what they constitute in their uh, list of defensive stars at this point. I, I don't know what their list is. It could is. be a I sliding
0: what, scale based off of, you know, if you give Chase Young, then okay, we'll take him. But if you give Deron Payne, then you, maybe Collins wouldn't fit. Right. I don't know what's going through their brain at this point.
1: Right, and Jonathan Allen can't be an option probably for them because he's only got one year left. Mm-hmm. So that's probably out. I mean, there's only but so many guys you can take. That's just a ridiculous one. Where they go from here? What about Ionitis? I would hate to part with him, but
0: that'd be a guy. He's got a good contract. Yeah. He's really not a starter anymore, but he really is. I mean, on any other team, he probably would be.
1: I guess you could give up, like, Ionitis and settle. They really need a defensive lineup. I really haven't looked at it all that much. I think they're looking for a D end because Watt is looking to get out as well, and Mm -hmm. they're probably looking to get rid of him. So I think that the only way they would listen to Washington is if they brought up the young and or sweat deal, like you said. I I don't think there's any other way around it, and that's just – way above and beyond. They're trying to remedy what they fucked up on with the Hopkins trade and everything else. Screw them. You know, they can rot over there if that's what they think that they can get. Somebody might pay it. Good for them. I hope it's not Washington to give up the farm like that. You asked, now where do they go from here, Matt, after the Stafford (laughs) situation? (sighs) I don't know. I'm scared that it might be Cam.
0: I totally agree. Totally agree. But... First things first, you got to get rid of Alex Smith. Thank you for your service, but it's time to go, buddy. And yeah. um, these articles, I don't know what to believe anymore. Now they're saying, what? what is it to cut him? Now it's like 10 and a half million against the cap. It went from like 13 to 11 and a half. Now it's like 10. It keeps going lower for some reason. And I'm not I really told sure you why. I we got to get Corey on the show. He'll, he'll know. You guys know. Know. We don't have to f- try to figure this out ourselves. This is what he does. This is what he does. I'll see what I can do about that. But look, Deshaun Watson is a bona fide franchise quarterback. And... I think what they're asking for is absurd, but at the same time, they don't grow on trees. And Washington, as a franchise, knows more than anybody. It's like hitting the lottery when you find one. So I don't know. And especially with Stafford gone now, I don't know what the hell to do. You're going to have a lot of desperate teams. You have a lot of desperate teams now. There's a lot of teams without quarterbacks. Washington literally has no one under contract. Well, they do, I guess, (laughs) Alex Smith. But other than that... That's it. And then, you know, Kyle Allen, I'm sure, will come back. Heineke, I don't know. But I'm just hoping to God that the Cowboys can't come up with an agreement with Dak Prescott. He's going to ask for $35 million plus a year. I'm looking at this list of quarterbacks. Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, ugh, it, it ain't pretty. No,
1: it's thin. It's not a good year to be quarterback needy. That's for sure. I guess Garoppolo you could make a trade potentially for him. He's always he's been on the trading block for a bit. They he were in sucks, the staff, and he's overpaid. They, I'm just throwing out names at this yeah. point. I'm not saying that I'd be a huge fan of it. Besides the fact that he's Italian, yeah. Much. Um, it's good looking guy, I'll tell you. and he's a good looking guy. <laughs> you know he got some. You know he he's did. doing just fine for himself. Maybe that's why he sucks. He did just fine. Yeah. At this point in time, if there's nothing out there, that list that you gave is dry, right? Mm -hmm. You might just have to accept the fact that you're going to have to go for a stopgap guy. Cut Alex Smith, go for a stopgap guy, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or whether it's Uh. Fitzpatrick or somebody like that, and live to fight another day for another year. Because if you're going to mortgage everything to try to get a guy and it falls through later and later on as the year goes on. You're going to be in a world of hurt, Matt, and they're going to be in the same situation that they were last year.
0: And especially like you mentioned a couple episodes ago, now you've got guys drafting that are proven not to be able to dig deep like Kyle Smith. So you can't even lean on the fact that you're going to get a couple diamonds in the rough like Kyle Smith has been proven to do the last couple drafts. And you know, I don't think it was dumb luck. I think it was just hard work and leaving no stone unturned kind of thing. And those guys are very surface level. At least their track record is. Who knows? Maybe they've turned over a new leaf. Highly doubt it, though.
1: Yeah. And I don't think this team with these veteran, we'll call them, this old man crew of GMs and coaches are going to want to figure out a draft for a quarterback at this point in time, especially in the early rounds. They might go later on down the road, but I genuinely believe that they are pressing to get a veteran. That's where they are. They've got cap space. If they get rid of Alex Smith, they've got another, I don't know, it varies, like you said, (laughs) 10 to 13 million. Yeah,
0: whatever article you read.
1: Whatever forecast there is, or the stock market's up and down for some reason on on his cap room, I think that they're really going to press forward for a veteran. And that's why I'm going back to the Cam Newton situation. It's comfortable, I think that these three guys, especially Herney and Rivera, like comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's very apparent. I mean, nepotism is across the board on this team. Yep. So I genuinely believe, I'm not guaranteeing it, but I believe, I'd say 85%, if they start striking out a couple more times, Cam's name is going to rear its ugly head. And they'll sign him to maybe a one- to two-year deal, prove-it deal. The one year is approve it. The two year is he's our guy.
0: With the amount of teams that need quarterbacks, I'm concerned that that's going to drive up his asking price, though, too. And he's going to get overpaid. I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of guys, a lot of quarterbacks are going to be overpaid. Ryan Fitzpatrick probably will.
1: Cam wants to start.
0: No, I, I know he okay? does.
1: Cam wants to start. And there's plenty of places that he could. There is. But there's also, he doesn't want to run into the New England situation again. By what it showed, there is either A, he has deficiencies, or B, He needs to go someplace where he can plug and play. And New England was not a plug and play place. That was a necessity situation. That was, I'm going to a good team. If everything works out well, we can make some serious noise. I think at this point in time, even the arrogant asshole that he is, comfort on both sides with Rivera and him is going to be paramount.
0: You know, I thought about that as well, the Cam situation. And he definitely is a stopgap it makes sense. And you also, if you're able to re-sign Heineke, which I think he's on that restricted free agent tender, there's a higher probability that you'll really be able to see what you have out of him. And uh, Kyle Allen, I think he is who he is, but I just really believe there's something with Heineke. You know, I could be completely off on that, but just the way that he handled himself in those two games was unreal, completely unexpected. And I think that if you have Cam and he starts shitting the bed, you know that you've got a guy that you really want to see what you have. And if you have a guy like Deshaun Watson, which would be great, which would be the best case scenario, but to give up your entire future for that is out of the question, in my opinion. Now, you know that Heineke probably wouldn't be re-signed or ever see the field if he did get re-signed. So, I don't know, I'm kind of hanging on to that, that they found this diamond in the rough that could actually be something. And and Cam, you know, he's either going to be injured, out with COVID, what you know, some dumb shit that he does, and Heineken could step in and actually have more of a sample size so we can get a real feel of what we got there.
1: There's worse stopgaps in the world than Cam Newton Uh. in this scenario. No, there really is. The guy knows the offense. He's comfortable with the coaching staff. They're comfortable with him. He just had an injury situation that happened, and, and he just wasn't the same after that. New England, he was fed to the Wolves. Bad offense, everything else. I just find it just like you defended with Westbrook and... I don't like Cam, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I don't just see someone just dropping off the face of the earth that quickly. There's obviously the injuries and everything else. Well, when
0: your right he, shoulder, which is your throwing shoulder, is wrecked, it could have definitely been a No, no, what a I'm run.
1: saying is, but he also did show some zip on his fastball this season. I just think that he's coming off of that, coming back into a comfortable situation in Washington makes too much sense. And I think there are worse stopgaps in the world. Who else are you going to put as a stopgap? You named them already. Would you rather have him or Tyrod Taylor? Him. Would you rather have him or Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I can tell you that defense, it's going to be a nightmare and a headache for them to have him. I don't At know. He played pretty well that... with
0: the Dolphins. I mean, he wasn't making a lot of mistakes. And
1: All right, so then there you go. Then what are you talking about? It
0: sounds like you found one. I don't know. I He's just... Okay, well... None I of think... them get me excited, I guess, is the point. And that's the problem. Because I'm concerned it's going to be another three-quarterback year if they don't find some guy that's your true starter. You know 100%. This guy is a starter out the gate. There's no competition. Right. And that's what worries me. And that's what's most likely going to happen this
1: year. I think if Heineken's the guy, if you really feel that... From your statements, if you feel that he can be the guy, and Rivera feels that way, you cannot throw this dude to the Wolves. I think you're going to stunt his growth if you bring in that stopgap guy like Cam, have him sit back, and like you said, Cam will probably get injured halfway through the year. Maybe he plays like shit. God willing, he doesn't. And then he's there for a year, whatever it is, and then you can reassess at that point. Because right now, force-feeding a square peg into a round hole with this Watson shit or whoever the hell else you want to go out and give the farm away to, at this point in time, is not the way to go. The Stafford thing fell through. Now it's time to figure out who you can do to bridge that gap between 2021 and 2022.
0: Dak Prescott. That's my, that's my call. I, I'm not calling it, but I don't see... The Cowboys coming up with an agreement with them. They're not going to franchise him again. How do you know that? Because they're not. They don't have the cap space to do it. It's all guaranteed
1: money. You can't do it. Well, can we talk about real life? Like You like to go into like these fantasy Royal Rumble bullshit. Can we yeah. talk about what's actually feasible at this point? You're going to wait around until June 1st for the Cowboys to try to figure out what they're doing with Dak in the meantime? They're going to be calling you to play quarterback? You, you and Heineke.
0: For the for the record, free agency starts before the draft, so we will know before June 1st, but... You know what I mean. I don't know if they have the money to do it. They didn't sign him before. He's coming off that injury. There's a good possibility he won't be re signed. So
1: you'd be willing to a guy that came off a serious injury, yet again again Again, not knowing whether he's going to sign with Dallas, willing to wait to see the limited amount of quarterbacks that are left on that shit-ass list that you gave, that dwindles down even more to a guy that might not even be able to walk in hopes that the Cowboys don't re-sign him, and then you'll re-sign him to a max deal. You're going through a gauntlet here that ain't even started yet. Now you're starting to argue like Gruden. Yeah,
0: It's possible. I think without giving up anything... I think that's the most uh, likely scenario because... That I mean, would be nice, but I think... They would have signed him by now. They've had him for two years negotiating. We've seen this song and dance before with a certain Kirk Cousins guy. Nobody has the money to be able to franchise tag somebody two times. And
1: Hey, you're, you're trying to take, you're throwing something out there so then we can go back in a month and a half and you can say, see, I was the only one. I'm saying right now, this one I will guarantee. Washington will not get Dak Prescott. Everybody can put it out of their fucking minds. Jerry Jones will step in at some point, and they'll figure things out. The guy's coming off the injury, and maybe they'll backload the contract or something like that. But they will figure the situation out. They are not going to let him go, and not after the shitty season they had, and are going to start Andy Dalton. It's not going to happen. Get it out of your minds. I appreciate the take, Matt, but it's not going to happen. I'll give you the take. Ain't happening.
0: All right, well, there's a good possibility he won't be resigned by the Cowboys, though. He may not come to Washington, but anyway. Hey, RG three's still on the market. He just got released, <laughs> yeah. so that's.
1: Hey, I'm okay with that. Uh, Let him run around, man. <laughs> Let him run around like a crazy man.
0: As long as he runs straight, that's the most yeah. important thing. Has he, he learned th- how to
1: slide yet?
0: Maybe not. Russell Wilson sliding ability, but you know he's uh, not going to blow out his knee every time he does it. So that's he's a positive. Watching some
1: Kyler Murray footage. Uh, there you go of Maybe. his baseball footage.
0: <laughs> you got anything else?
1: No, no, that was good. Great uh. weekend of sports. We had some positives. Some. Uh, unfortunately, like you said, the trade didn't go through, but, you know, live to fight another day, man. Got plenty of time left.
0: Agreed. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday, and uh, we will see you Friday.